Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me is the well-traveled Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I am running on about six hours of sleep total because I had to get back in the office. Got back in to my apartment about 2 a.m. last night. Uh, Got to... After I was at the A&M SFA game, for uh, those that weren't following me on Twitter... Uh, yeah, but it was worth it. It really was a fun game. Uh, Gary Blair is always a pleasure. And yeah, I will be heading to bed as soon as we're as soon as I head back to the office because I got to go to a game tonight. So. Ooh, yeah, that's that's the that's a tough slate. Um, yeah, we got for the most part, we're going to be focusing on three games today. Houston at UTA women's uh, UTA and North Texas men's and SFA and uh, Texas A&M women's, which uh, Ish was at. Uh, let's, let's start with that SFA and A&M game actually, because mm-hmm. might as well is still fresh on your mind. Um, fresh on my mind. I watched it this morning. Um, I watched the first half and then some of the second half. Uh, so what were your overall takeaways from the game and just uh, what did, what did, what stood out to you? Yeah. So I, I kind of come away impressed with both, um, mainly because in the first half, even though in the first period, I should say, even though SFA shot like it was a very uncharacteristic period for them because they shot like 28 percent. And but it was like it wasn't a lot of great defense from AM. It was honestly a lot of missed open looks like bunny layups, uh, wide open threes. And this is a team that hits at a really good rate is one of the most efficient offenses in the country. And they were just missing so many shots. But what I was impressed with was how their offense was working against this AM defense. Their, their motion was creating the good looks. They were driving and kicking and they were able to generate some decent looks that I, I wish I could. I wish I got a chance to talk to Mark Kellogg because it just looked like one of those games where you're just off, right? And especially in that first period, that's kind of what it was for AM. Um, offensively, they looked pretty good. If they were able to break the press, which SFA pretty much instituted from the jump, that gave them some trouble in the beginning. When, the, when they were able to get in the half court, they were able to do decently, although it took a lot of time in the shot clock to kind of finally get to those open players. Um, and then it, I will say it helped that Avery Brittingham and Ayanna Johnson get on the early foul trouble, both pick, picked up tooth fouls in like the first six, five, six minutes ish yeah. of the first half, uh, first period. And so that created some uh, uh, opportunity for AM kind of on the inside. So um, after the game, you, you would have thought that <laughs> Gary Blair had lost the game just based off his tone because he talked about the turnovers. He was complimentary of SFA's motion offense and how they just kept generating looks. And he was complimentary of the press. He basically said afterward, he's like, nobody's going to press us better than that all year, probably. And that's saying a lot playing in the SEC. Yeah. 
So in the first quarter, like you said, it was like SFA couldn't make anything. And then Texas A&M was just this consistent force. And I tweeted out that that one clip of this, the, the kind of ball movement. But it's just Kayla Wells, Jordan Nixon. And then it was weird because A&M started McKenzie Green and mm-hmm. Sidney Roby. And neither one played. I mean, Green played 11 minutes. Roby played 17 minutes. Uh, and then quickly, Kadasha Hoppy and Destiny Pitts came in for both of them. And those were obviously the the those were the players who came in and uh, did a majority of the work playing 29 and 31 minutes. And I mean, when you look at those five in a rotation, Wells, mm-hmm. Nixon, Patty, um, Hoppy, and Pitts, like that's just, that's tough. And they just kept coming at SFA in multitude of ways. And SFA continued to pressure the ball, but AM was so composed that they were able to break it consistently enough. They did end up with 24 turnovers. So SFA obviously did their job, but Still, once they got a step, it felt like it was over. It felt like they were too talented to, like, stop at that point. Like, once they got by the initial defender, it was like, okay, Kayla Wells is at the rim. She's getting fouled. Or Jordan Nixon is finishing or she's pulling up for three. Uh, Hoppy's, Hoppy's open in the corner. She went four, six, and three. As the team, A&M went eight of 15 from three, uh, 24 of 51 from the field, 26 of 30 from the free throw line. They just They just shot the ball better. And um, I trust, I liked the looks they were able to get once they broke that press and once they didn't turn it over, like you said. Yeah. Kadasha Hoppy has been a revelation for them. Um, I asked Gary Blair about kind of how she's been uh, so far this season, just what she's provided. And she, he mentioned just like instant energy, because this is a player who at last year at St. John's played a games, missed the rest due to injury. And so you were kind of wondering, okay, well, where, where is she? And for this team to go from, and I wrote, this is kind of what was the crux of my piece I put up on TexasBasketball.com. AM goes from a post-oriented team last year to now having four guards in the rotation, right? Like genuinely, like this is a guard heavy team. And you mentioned Patty and Roby and like, sure, those are players that'll be there, but like, you know, they're, 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 there's not that much experience here right now. And so this is a team that's going to rely on Nixon, Wells, Pitts, Hoppy to, to, to shoulder the load. Um, even Sahara, Sahara Jones got in the game yesterday, and that's somebody who probably will be, you know, kind of uh, acclimated as, as the season goes along. Um, this is a team that made only had three games with eight or eight or more threes made last year, and they've are they're already at four this year. So they're already shooting the ball a lot better. Part of that is Kadasha Hoppy, who uh, I believe went four of six yesterday. Uh, last night against SFA. Yeah. And yeah, the, the fact that they're able to reinvent themselves and that's part of Gary Blair's, you know, uh, 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 savvy as a coach is just, he can, he can go from a team that is centered around Kennedy Carter one year to a team that's centered around these post players. Now just team that's centered around just like uh, 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 guard play and kind of a production by committee kind of thing. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I come, I, like I said, I came away really impressed with both because if that first period just goes a little bit better for L- uh, SFA in terms of just their shooting, not even their shot selection, shot selection was on point. Um, if that goes better, we might be looking at a different game because it's that first quarter and that third quarter, which is where AM won the game. That's where AM uh, kind of won the game at the free throw line, especially in the third quarter. But that fourth quarter, SFA put on a huge run. They put uh, Angel Scott and Tasharian Robinson in the in as the as their guards with Stephanie Vischer, and they basically let Vischer run point, and they let uh, Robinson and Scott just initiate the press on defense, and that caused AM so much trouble to where they outscored them as if they outscored them twenty six to fifteen, 
and uh, got the, it, it was a 20 point lead for AM at one point heading into the fourth quarter. And it got to the final, you know, the final margin, which was 82 75. Yeah. Uh, one thing SFA in that press, they were able to force turnovers, but they also fouled a lot. Yeah. Like yep. 20, yep. 29 fouls. And it started early too. They were just kind of, they called a lot of the hand check stuff, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the small ticky tech things. Avery Birmingham ends up fouling out and then five players end up with four fouls yeah. for Stephen F. Austin. Just an incredible- and again, like so, there were some, you know, like some of those were, I think some of those fouls are kind of give or take, but again, you're playing in Reed arena, right? You, you yeah. should kind of expect that kind of, that kind of whistle on the road. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, I think that that's what to Sharon Robinson and Angel Scott, both ended up with four fouls. I think they were, especially Angel Scott, who didn't shoot the ball well, but she was very much part of that, that uh that press um yeah. as if you watched towards especially towards the end of the game in the beginning it was more brianna mitchell but towards the end it was she was the person like literally on the baseline like guarding whoever was going to get the ball so yeah uh, yeah the to Sharon and robinson um i don't know which which how much was the first half and it felt like all of her threes were in the first half she lit it mm-hmm. up in the first half from what i saw cyanogen ends up going two of three from three as well um outside of that you know stephanie Vischer goes oh of three i felt like she got Good looks from the field. I mean, she ends up eight yeah, of 14, good looks. eight of fourteen from the field. So that's eight of eleven from inside the arc. She ends up eighteen points. Um, overall, a solid game from her. Four steals. She wasn't. I mean, going into this game, what had to go right for SFA to win against AM? Did it just have to be shot making? Did it have to be AM? Because the AM turned the ball over enough. Like, did yeah. did Stephanie Vischer have to do more? Like, what? No, I I just think honestly, this is why I wish I would have I would have had the chance to talk to Kellogg. I think it was just one of those off nights because when Avery Brittingham and Ayanna Johnson had to go out early in the first quarter, that messed up a lot of their their rhythm on offense. Ayanna Johnson is somebody who they can rely on in the post for scoring. Obviously, Brittingham is too. Brittingham finished with 17, but she only played 23 minutes. And so like a lot of her shot selection early wasn't that great because she, I think she knew that she had fouled fouled early and needed to kind of make up for that. And so later on, she finishes, you know, six of nine from the floor, 17 points. But early on, she needed, it felt like she kind of needed to, you know, kind of force her way. Uh, Vischer, she kind of worked within the offense initially. Uh, toward the end, she started to initiate more, but she kind of worked within the flow. And that was kind of working uh, for the most part. But, um, and I should say, Gary Blair was, Visher was somebody he pointed out individually was just like, you know, she finished with also four steals and she was, he was saying like, that's somebody who you just can't rattle. And like, she's going to work within the flow. She's going to kind of get her game going. She's not somebody that you can knock off her game. And again, we're talking about how like off of a game she had, she finished with 18 points, eight of 14. Right. But it's, but still you mentioned uh, O of three, O of three from three point, which is something that she's reliable with. Um, two turnovers to two assists, right? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best playmaking game from her. And so the fact that she still had that efficient game shows that, and then Gary Blair was complimentary of her shows that kind of where her standard is for this team. Yeah. Uh, I don't have too much else. I I leave this game looking at A&M and I know they were what 24th ranked in the country coming into this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they can move up real quickly. I I, I really think so too. Like I said, Gary Blair was, very critical of his team, but like they come away. I think it was roughly 27 points off turnovers, or something from SFA. And, and like, they still won. Like the fact that they can rely on, like that they can kind of make up for that. That's kind of insane to me. Yeah. Uh, SFA has 27 points off turnovers, 28 points in the paint. Um, the difference was 
those fast break points. AM ends up with 10 to two. Um, and this is a team. I just trust our guards a lot more this year. And I've said it before. I mean, I think post play is probably most important. So I'm not going to say that, you know, I look at them like if I compared them to Baylor, I don't think I have them above Baylor, but right. I could see this team and they're in different conferences. So whatever, but still I could see this team getting right up into that top 15 in the near future. I don't know that I don't have their schedule in front of me, but it'll be interesting to see if they can climb in this non-conference season before uh, sec play starts. Yeah. I don't think this is a team that'll win the sec like last year, but I think uh, this is a team that should be, you know, definitely one of the, one of the contenders at the top. I'm trying to think. Uh, I was gonna say I don't even. I have. I haven't even done my research on the SEC women's side. I mean, besides LSU, obviously, and LSU looks right. good, but that's. I don't think they're obviously not that st- standard of A uh, and mm-hmm. um, Who's another team in the SEC? I mean, South Carolina, of course. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they're not gonna <laughs> win the SEC. They're not gonna <laughs> win the SEC, but uh, yeah. South Carolina, gonna... Kentucky. You know, they'll be. Yeah. They'll be. Yeah. I think probably just on the outside of that bunch. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting. I don't, you have anything else on this game? Nope. Uh, they got, I'm trying to look at their schedule. They have the Paradise Jam, which uh, they got Pitts, South Dakota, Northwestern, Little Rock, and they got Texas December 5th. So that's going to be a fun one. And then TCU December 12th. So I'm kind of interested in those two games. And then you'll be seeing them against uh, LSU uh, on January 2nd, to almost their, their second SEC game. So can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Um, Next up, let's go to Houston and UTA women's here. I watched this game back. It was on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I watched it on – was it Wednesday night or Thursday morning? I don't remember. But basically, uh, it was that night. It was Wednesday night because it was a close game, and, and Justin was tweeting about it, and I was like, all right, I got to watch this. UTA-Houston. I knew it was going to be like an interesting game going in because it's like on paper they look even, mm-hmm. but – actually watching it they're like actually even like it was it was an amazing it was a fascinating game for me like uh uta ends up winning 69 to 66 in overtime and these two teams while different very different are very comparable in terms of talent level in terms of like just their efficiency and so i have i have a few notes here uh, Houston was more of like a fast paced team. UTA slowed it down. Katie Farrell, um, Taryn Milton was the best player on the court. Really. Uh, she ends the game with, I have it for me, 26 points, 10 to 12 from the free throw line. She kept, uh, making big baskets, uh, as the game wore on. I really like the, the core UTA has of Milton star Jacobs, Claire chase, uh, Chastain, um, Katie Farrell, like, it's a really solid core they have there. Uh, Houston, same thing. I like their core a lot as well. I, I think they're even deeper uh, than UTA. I mean, Tatiana mm-hmm. Hill, Bria Patterson, Diamond Gladney, Brittany Onyeje, uh, Julia Blackshell Farrell, um, Tiara Young had a good game. Layla Blair, I didn't even mention. I mean, that's a player who I thought was going to be my, the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. A lot of depth from Houston. They kept running. Um, they kept beating UTA zone. And then Houston kept pressing. Uh, Katie Farrell was just always under control for UTA. It was a incredible back and forth game. Uh, Houston ends up going. Houston goes on a outscores UTA thirty to eight in the second quarter. Uh, then UTA outscores Houston twenty four to nine in the third quarter. Then it's fourteen fourteen in the fourth quarter, and then they go to overtime. And um, Houston had 
plenty of shots to tie it, to win it. But UTA just made made plays when it mattered. And I mean, behind Taryn Milton, just uh, an awesome, awesome game that um, between two teams that I actually have. I, I couldn't if they played that again, I don't know who, who I'd pick to win. Like that was just a really interesting contrast of styles. And um, I mean, some some really solid talent out there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at a Katie Farrell stat line. It's the most Draymond Green stat line with seven rebounds, seven assists, two points. Like yeah. it's like that. That's exactly what I expect, and I expect you know two steals as well. Like she has a block in there, probably great defense played all game. Like yeah. it's just one of those. I don't know. I need to. I need to see more of uh, UTA because I, I every time I look at her stat, I'm like, that's insane how much she con- she contributes to that team. Um, but yeah, I, I think Houston. I'm wondering how much Houston's disappointed by this start. Right, because one and two again, it's early in the season, but like they beat you SFA last year. We think obviously SFA is really good. UTA, they let this one get away. Yeah, I, I hope they're not too disappointed from this, just because again, that's one of that's probably the best mid major in the country, and then the team you're very comparable with, which a UTA team that probably is going to compete for the Sun Belt title. Um, so I, I hope that this early start against pretty good competition hasn't been too. You know, isn't something that they look back on and being like, man, well, you know, it, or has people thinking they're not as good? Because last year, obviously, the margins yeah. were so thin of how they got left out of the tournament. I hope that this doesn't come back to bite them because you do eventually need to kind of get one of these games under your belt um, when you're trying to pad out the resume. I wonder if te- the teams got a little tired in overtime because I noticed they didn't shoot very well. Uh, both teams didn't shoot very well. They, and they both hit, I think, if I remember correctly, I think they both hit a three to start or something like that. And then they just, nobody scored for a while. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if it was just like, you know, just a heavily contested game, kind of one of those back and forths. And then in overtime, you're just kind of like running on fumes at that yeah. point. Um, Houston did a lot of, a lot off the dribble. Um, mm-hmm. UTA is more of a passing team, system team, trying to get yeah. in their offense. Houston did a lot off the dribble and was really effective in that aspect uh, with Onyeje and, and uh, Gladney and Young and Blair. I, I love the depth, the backcourt depth that this team has. Bria Patterson also um, is at in uh, on the inside is very effective. I Again, I left this team feeling pretty good about both these teams and what they want to do this year. Like you said, Houston had higher expectations coming into the year based just because of what they were last year. So, you know, maybe it's a bigger result for them than I would take it to be just on the surface. But UTA, we'll say the NCAA did announce they're expanding the field this year from 64 to 68. So, um, you know, again, it, Houston might be, if this is last year, you know, Houston's one of those teams that probably gets in yeah. uh, based off that. So, like I said, it, in terms of that, you kind of want to start getting these wins under your belt, even though I don't think they're a bad team at all. Um, you know, they got New Mexico coming up. You know, it doesn't get much easier. They got, God, they got a non-conference game against Baylor. Um, then they get Alabama. And so it doesn't get much easier in terms of non-conference, which are the games that you kind of need if you're not going to win the AAC, which, yeah. of course, they could, you know, they're one of the teams that could win the AAC, so. Yeah. Um, that's really all I had. I'm Again, Katie Farrell was like, I just, she's always under control um, yeah. and really good in that aspect. So that was, that was fun to watch. And I enjoyed that game, so. Shout out to UTA and Houston for putting on a good game over there. 100%. Um, last game I think we're going to focus on predominantly uh, is UT Arlington and North Texas men's. Now, for those who don't know, I used to cover North Texas. Um, I still do, I mean, I guess on the side part-time. And so I watched North Texas play Buffalo early in the week, and Buffalo is uh, a good team, a good program. 
uh, on the men's side and they lost by three. It was a very close game. I tweeted out, I think North Texas had better looks. They generated better shots. They just lost the game. Mm-hmm. So then North Texas comes out against UTA and uh, just absolutely puts it on them. Oh, just man. absolutely destroys them. Uh, UTA had seven turnovers in the first seven minutes. Uh, UTA entered the game averaging 22 turnovers per game and ends up putting up 21 turnovers in the, in the game. And North so Texas they improved. Oh yeah. Yeah. De- definite <laughs> improvement. Uh, North Texas leads 43 to 12 at half and ends up winning 64 to 36. So second half was basically a push. Second half didn't matter. I didn't watch the second half. Um, 43 to 12 in the first half. That's really all you need to know. And they, in North Texas ends up winning 64 to 36. Like I said, um, it's a, t- a UTA team on paper, David Azori, um, uh, Javon Levi, uh, KO, uh, the big guy they, they have, that's what I call him. Uh, Cause I cannot pronounce this full name. Um, you know, some other pieces on here, but, uh, nobody on the team scored more than six points ish. Yeah. So, well, I, I should, before you go on, I should, I should, I should give, give everybody a chance to, to hear, I guess we'll play our favorite game. I guess we'll call it a game now. Who's Bruni out on this week? Is UT is Bruni out on UTA men right now on November 19th? I'm completely out on UTA. Oh UTA, my God. It's done. it's done. I, um, I'm, it's done. I can't, I can't watch that half of basketball and say that this team has any chance in hell of playing you at, in the Sun Belt competitively. Like this, yeah. they turned the ball over 20 plus times a game. Yeah. It didn't even, they forced 11 turnovers. Like you lose the turnover battle by that much. You shoot one of 10 from three. David Azori goes 0 of six. Javon Levi goes 0 of four. Pedro Castro goes one of seven. There was just, no fight, no adjustments. They didn't know what they were doing. North Texas is a, is a good team, but good Lord. I was going to say, by the way, a reloading team, nonetheless. Yeah. Like this isn't, this is, this is still a North Texas team that's trying to really figure out who its go-to guys are, who the, who's going to be the guys heading in. Obviously this, we talked about the system being there. Sure. Fine. Whatever. But like, this is still a team that lost a really good senior class and another transfer in Reese. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, it's not I, good. Uh, for, for those who didn't know last week, and I don't, we didn't have an official segment. I didn't go off from uh, UTSA men's also on this list well, uh, yes, after we, losing yeah. to AM Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were on that list as well. So we got the third addition to this list. I think uh, shout out, uh, shout out John Fields, who had to unfortunately sit through all of this game. Um, he, he, I think I saw the 25 to three score, which was like eight minutes left in the first quarter. And I was like, he forgot like a 23, right? 20, 25, 23. Like he forgot that. And then he tweeted again. He's like, no, no, it's still the same score. 25 to three. And then he tweeted the halftime score. And I was like, excuse me, 40, 43, 12. Oh my God. 12. Like, like if UTA fielded a football team right now, they could probably put up 12 and a half against North Texas. Like I'm, I'm not joking about that. And that probably says something about North Texas football, but you know, but like that also says how bad that first half was. Un, it was unreal. I, I kept waiting. I was like, surely they'll find something like that they can go to post or a ball screen action, something. And, and, I, and I tweeted about like, I tweeted about this because I think Greg Young was the right hire considering where they, how kind of the topsy turviness of, you know, Ogden leaving and things like that. I think he was the right hire, somebody who knows the program. And so 
but of course they lost they lost players to transfer um so there's still some stuff that they got to kind of work out and it might be a good long-term hire for them to get somebody that knows the program the problem was scott crosses at troy right now and uh, again that administration we've people have harped on how bad that administration handled the scott cross firing he wins. He averages twenty four wins a year. Gets fired because you want to be quote unquote the new the next Gonzaga. You hire Chris Ogden. He does fine, not great. He leaves for Texas. Granted, that's his alma mater, but he still leaves you for an assistant pro uh, assistant coaching gig. Yeah, and you have to hire Greg Young, who again I think is a good hire because he was he was an assistant under Ogden. He was assistant under Scott Cross, so he knows the history of that program. But you're still like you're kind of in this spot because you put yourself there. Yeah. Right. And so we'll see where the season goes from here, but like, this isn't on the players either. This is on the, this is on the administration of how they handled what should have been one of what was at the time, one of the best mid majors in the country. Like UTA was like outside of SFA, probably one of the most decorated mid majors in Texas when Scott Cross was there. And now they're scoring 12 points and a half against you, uh, uh, rebuilding UNT or reloading. I should say not rebuilding, yeah. but a reloading UNT. Literally. <laughs> I knew it was over when I was watching uh, Jack Hoiberg, you know, get some shots up in the first half and they were like relying on him for offense. This isn't a shot. Jack, Jack Hoiberg, he actually had a couple of bucks. He was two or four from the field for four points, yeah. uh, three turnovers. But when I saw Jack Hoiberg and he wore a mask, like one of those clear masks, like the Rip Hamilton mask, I was just like, <laughs> They got this dude, Jack Hoiber, out here hoisting shots from the mid-range, like some long twos. And that's another thing. Their shot selection was just god-awful, just long twos, quick threes, uh, quick, like, one-on-three breaks they were trying to take in for layups. Like, there was no sign of life offensively or no sign of knowledge offensively of what they wanted to do or what could work. And, again, North Texas, good defense, a really good defense last year, great, Um, again, rebuilding they have good defensive pieces we'll talk about them in a second but mm-hmm. 12 freaking points man they're de- ut arlington's down to two 293rd in Kim Palm right now man. um and i just want to bring up for reference let me pull over scott crosses last year they were 21 and 13 yeah no it's so disgusting disgusting yeah. uh to talk about a, a good team north texas actually impressed me this whole week with the the buffalo win or the buffalo loss and then the UTA win, um, they actually look like they might be. And I've seen a couple of conference, other Conference USA schools not look as good. Western Kentucky is not going to be as good. UAB's looked shit. I thought they should have beat South Carolina. If they, I mean, if they were really that good, I feel like they would have beat South Carolina. So maybe they're just as good as they were last year. La Tech's been eh. They lost to, to Bama by 30, which, again, Bama's good, but whatever. Um like Conference USA might not be as good as it was last year, and North Texas, mm-hmm. even if they're not as good as they were last year, I mean they they've they've impressed me enough to where I'm like, okay, North Texas could actually win Conference USA this year. Right. Yeah. So. I, I I think I'm I'm kind of I'm buying in a little bit more. You know, it's, it's one of those we kind of expected that to be kind of a, a I don't want to say a slow start, but kind of trying to get your bearings kind of year as the year Definitely. goes along and the fact they were able to put on this kind of dominant performance this early i'm starting to pay more attention to what's going on yep one name to know tyler perry 
uh, mm-hmm. junior college uh, addition kind of playing sixth man for them right now off the bench. And he's like playing like a Lou Williams role where he just comes in and he's lighting it up from three. He is. You don't know how, how hard it is for me not to make a Medea joke when every time he's to mention Tyler Perry. <laughs> the Tyler Perry, T-Y-L-O-R Perry. Okay. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Uh, yeah. Look for him. If he stays off the bench, if they keep bringing him off the bench, sixth man of the year in, com- in the conference USA, probably uh, at this point. So yeah, shout out to North Texas for a, a good result uh, there. And we'll see what else they got. They got Kansas next week. So that'll be fun. That'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Other games you want to touch on? Uh, I know you said Texas State beat UTSA on the women's side. Uh, do you have that box score? Up? I don't have it up. I know Denasia Hood uh, crossed over to the thousand yard, thousand points uh, uh, tacket. I know a thousand yards, a uh, thousand uh, point tacket for uh, bracket for her for her career. So that was a good achievement for her. I'm bringing it up really quick. They won seventy six sixty two. I still. Again, we would UTSA is struggling. They're over three. I I do think this is a this is a better team than last year. Like just straight up. Like mm-hmm. so they it was 20. I'm trying to figure out it was pretty close at the half. Uh I'm trying to do some quick math here. You can do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna try to actually. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it was a close game at the half, I'll just say. Um 40, 40, 46 37. There we go. 46 37 uh, at the half. And every time I see this UTA UTSA team, I'm just like, this is a, again, this is a team that was atrocious last year and they're competitive in m- almost every game they're playing. That strategy is working out for, you know, getting, you don't want to bottom out with freshmen and kill their confidence right away. Cause yeah. they like, you know, we talked about what their strategy is bringing in this experienced team for a team for a year. That's probably not going to be a competitive one. You don't want to bring in a bunch of freshmen and just lose by 30 and hopefully hoping they'll, they'll keep their confidence going in as sophomores. Cause that's, you know, I've seen football teams and, and baseball teams, you know, a bunch of programs try that and yeah. just lose confidence right away with the, with a senior uh, freshman class and they just never win. Um, so I like what Karen Asson is doing. Obviously, uh, Zenere Antoine has Texas State clicking right now, two and one now, um, handling handling a UTSA team the way they should be handled. Uh, they shot forty nine percent from the floor, and yeah, no, I I think this is another another solid win on the road. Um, and I'm trying to think, uh, Kennedy Taylor had four, 15 points, eight assists again. I mean, that's just going to be somebody who's going to be diming all year. Yeah, six steals. It's going to be somebody who's going to be diming all year. So, um, yeah, another solid win for Texas State. Um. Real quick, I want to touch on TCU and Nichols State because uh, TCU men, uh, this is the men's. I'm 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 worried about them a little bit, mm. uh, maybe a little bit more than a little bit. Uh, they were down to Nichols at half, thirty to twenty four, end up winning sixty three to fifty. And this isn't to say you can't be down to Nichols State at halftime, but uh, sure. actually, no, I'm going to say you can't be down to Nichols State at halftime uh, <laughs> if, if you're TCU. Thought about that one for a second. A team, a team that we are expecting to, we're hoping mm-hmm. can be competitive in the big, the middle of the big 12 area. Um, I haven't seen anything whenever I go and check the scores, Mike miles is putting up like 15, a game, Micah Peavy's putting up like 10. I'm like, okay, cool. But everybody else is just kind of there, at least mm-hmm. just from what I'm looking at. Every time I look at the box scores, like Emmanuel Miller's there for like eight or nine a game. Um, right. O'Bannon's there for like six cork, six Coles, eight. I'm like, all right, either Mike Miller, either, Mike Miles has to step up and be a close to 20 point per game guy, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Michael Peavy is like a Robin type role or everybody else just has to be a little bit more productive. Because even if you look at the, the assist numbers, Mike Miles, two, um, one, 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 uh, Maxwell Evans with four and 14 minutes. And I don't know when those came, but I'm just like looking at it. just like, all right, TCU, like, where's all this production going to come from? You know who I'm wondering where, and I don't know if he's hurt or battling injury or what. Shahada Wells has only put up seven points. This yes. Season. Yes. I did. And he's that only playing. He's playing. He played three minutes against the Nichols, 12 against Southern Miss, 13 against Miss McNeese State. And this was UTA's best player last year. And so I'm wondering if there's some injury going on or if he's just not quite fitting just yet, because that's somebody who theoretically should come in and help Mike Miles out scoring the ball a lot. Um, I think Emmanuel Miller will get better as the game, as the year goes along. Again, he was AM's best player last year. Um, I really think that was one of the best pickups. Uh, somebody like a Eddie Lampkin should probably work his way into the rotation a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Shahada Wells, I'm kind of curious to see what the deal is there. Cause I thought he'd be a pretty big player for them. Yeah. He's at nine minutes per game through three games. Uh, Mike Miles is, and they've, they haven't played, uh, great comp. They've actually played awful competition at this point. McNeese, Southern Miss, and Nichols. Right. So three awful teams. And Mike Miles is at 19 points per game. And then you get Emmanuel Miller, 11 points, Michael PV, eight and a half. And then you just go down from there. So they'll be, I mean, they'll be tested soon. They got Santa Clara, who's top 100 in Kempom, Utah, um, who's top 80. Uh, Texas A&M, who, I mean, again, as much as we're frustrated with A&M, I still think that'll be a competitive game on both ends. I don't know who I'd pick in that one right now. <laughs> um, and they got Georgetown. So, I mean, they, they got they got a good – they got a pretty tough non-conference slate coming up that'll – it's not the toughest, but, like, if they drop all those games, then I'm like, okay, they're losing some 50-50 games I feel like they should be winning, you know. They might be next on the sold list if – are you man you're over here just running stocks selling everybody (laughs) we got we'll have a buy segment at some point we'll have a buy segment you know just uh buy and sell yeah stock segment (laughs) come with a little like graphic graphic, like stocks the the little stonks the little stonks guy (laughs) put my face on. i was just about to say i'll photoshop your face on the stonks logo all right we're gonna make that happen Uh... now (laughs) All right, good. Um, Texas men's real quick. Again, just box score surfing. Uh, Texas men's beats Northern Colorado 62 to 49. Northern Colorado is not a bad team at all uh, in the big sky. Uh, so, you know, respectable-ish result there. Trey mm-hmm. Mitchell leads the team in shots with 7 of 11 from the field, 16 points. Timmy Allen, 10 points. Go from there. Uh, Andrew Jones, only 1 to 9 from the field. So, Yeah. Not not a ton to talk about there, but just uh, look always keep an eye on Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I don't have anything else there. Do you? Alrighty, nope. What's uh, what are some games you'll be watching this weekend? Uh, gosh, where did it go? I just had it up. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, you, you you look. Say what games you're looking for while I while okay. I. Okay. Well, the first one's gonna be Baylor and Maryland. Um, That's it. Women. That was there the one. There it is. Oh. Okay. That's going to be on, what did I say, Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday at noon. So that's going to be a nice nice uh, conflict with a lot of NFL games. But I don't know what slates are going on. I'll probably tune in this one anyway. Yeah. It's on the Big Ten Network. Jesus. Oh, that sucks. Um, but, yeah, number six versus number three. So that's going to be a fun one. Again, we've had questions about this Baylor team, um, about their depth. And what better way to test your depth than against the number three team in the country? So I am – 1000% interested in this one. So 
I'll be uh, keeping this one probably on my big screen while the NFL is on my iPad or something. Yeah. Um, I got, uh, I believe this is on, yeah, Saturday, uh, Texas, Tennessee women. Mm -hmm. uh, also on Saturday, UT Arlington and North Texas women. I think just off what I know of North Texas and UT Arlington, I would expect North Texas to win that game uh, probably by about eight, eight or so. But I think it'll be an interesting one nonetheless. Uh, a couple other games on the weekend. Sunday, I believe, Sunday the 21st. Yeah, Sunday's the yes. 21st. Uh, SMU, Missouri men's. And then we got, mm -hmm. you, you kind of mentioned it before the pod, AM Corpus Christi and UTSA men's battling on Sunday Who, afternoon at three o'clock. Whoever loses that game, I I will join you on that cell. I will. Uh, yes. Somebody, somebody's got to come out of that. Somebody's got to come out of that. We got Ish's first cell of the week. Or at least, at least, Cor coming. I will say, if Corpus Christi loses, at least they're working with a new head coach, new system, things like that. There's some excuse there. UTSA shouldn't be losing that game. I wouldn't be surprised if they did at all. Uh, one more game, I will say, uh, Monday. We'll, we'll probably record on Monday, but uh, we probably won't be able to preview this one. Um, Texas State takes on Texas Tech women. I'm fascinated to see that game. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, Texas Tech looks really looked has looked really fun this year. Riley McKinney, shout out Argyle, is averaging like eight, 17 points a game so far. She's really killing it for them. Without uh, Vivian Gray so far, has not played for them, or I think played limited. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I'm interested to see Texas State against a good competition. And if Texas Tech comes out and looks really good, then okay. Like, are, is, are they looking a little bit better than I thought in uh, Krista Gerlich's second year? Uh, speaking of Riley McKinney, Justin has a great breakdown of her game so far uh, on TexasBasketball.com. She was the latest uh, ISO spotlight, kind of showing what she's done well so far and how she's cut, how they've kind of incorporated her so early. Yeah, that that game. I didn't even know that game was happening. I didn't have it in yeah, my, I just looked, in my I looked at the, I had Texas State, the box score still up from the UTSA game, and I scrolled down, and that's that's a good one. Yep, Texas State, Texas Tech on Monday. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll be recording on Monday or Tuesday of next week. Not sure when yet. But plenty of games to talk about uh, in that next slate. So that's all we got for y'all today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, feel free to leave us a like and on, or a rating on Apple, uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, Textbasketball.com for all the latest content podcast uh, over there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And we appreciate y'all for listening to the podcast. So we'll talk to y'all later.